Have you ever wondered what it's like to be up for three days in Canada and Florida while running your own wrestling show with staples in the top of your head and fighting your ex-best friend for something other than uh, joy and just doing it out of the, the spirit of your heart? Well, don't worry. I'm going to describe all that shit. I bet you can't wait to hear about it on this week's Weekend at Effie's, where we go to Winnipeg and Tampa, Florida, and we discuss everything that has to do with Big Gay Brunch and being a top superstar in today's economy and environment. Please check out WeekendAtEffie's.com, join the Patreon, rate our podcast, leave a review, put it on follow, auto-download, whatever it takes. We're doing this. We're glad you're here. It's Weekend at Effie's. A lot of people are saying I'm a lot like Agatha Christie, because everything is a mystery to me this week. Is that a dark way to start things? I have never been in more pain in my life. Uh, I was told today by my co-star that I would not be able to access my power today. But I'm going to try to access a little bit of my power. Because we got to fill these people in on what's happening out here. And they've got to be wondering, is Effie okay? Effie's fine. Right? You're Effie. I'm Effie. Is Effie okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, you know, every time I say to myself, this feud with Mance is really taking off and picking up steam. And then it picks up more steam. And then we finally had our first match. Every time it gets more juice on it. Every time we hate each other more. Every time we add to the uh, realism. My body goes through worse things, which we'll get to. Uh, so uh, one of my coworkers, shout out Caleb, and just in case he happens to listen to this. Shout out Caleb. Um, he is, I would say, enamored with you a little bit. Okay, in what way? And just he kind of can't believe that you're a real person that does <laughs> the things that you do. And uh, so he's he's following you on all social media now. Okay. And so unprompted, he will go, oh, my God, this is so crazy. And he'll show me a photo of you. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and so he, we were just at work the other day, you know, just doing our thing. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he goes, oh, my God, they're, like, really hitting each other. Yeah. And he's watching a video of you and Mance. And he goes, okay, I think I might be into wrestling. I think this is my kind of wrestling. This is go. the problem. If people are getting into wrestling. People are seeing this. Uh, the match I had with Mance featured no blood or barbed wire. I mean, featured no glass or barbed wire or light tubes. And someone told me this is the most death match they've ever seen. This was brutality. At one point, we were. he tried to stab me in the head. Well, he did stab me in the head with a screwdriver a few times. And then he stabbed it into a piece of wood. And then we took turns hitting each other's faces into the screwdriver. And it looked and felt horrific right now i'm sitting here with a beanie on which i'm i probably shouldn't have done but my head looks ridiculous right now so i was like let me at least like i finally used conditioner for the first time today and my hair is fine like ever no 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 like since i had staples okay okay (laughs) but i also have like uh vitamin e and the ointment on my staple wounds bob i swear to god we've been working on this all day bobby leave it bobby Bobby, leave it. Come here. Are you a good boy? You need to come here. He's really testing me today. So I have eight staples in my head. We'll get to how all of that happened. I want to probably keep this chronological. 
We just had a fantastic mini-sode about what I've been doing this week while I've been injured, which is not going to the gym against my better wishes and watching movies. So mm-hmm. I think we discussed at least seven movies I watched mm-hmm. this week, uh, including one we watched together. If you're not a member of the Patreon, weekendateffies.com. There's many levels to sign up with, including a free level, which just shows your support. But, you know, there's other levels that financially help us here. It's the only Patreon I have. It's the one that me and Pitar share. And hopefully more people say, Bobby, Bobby. Okay. He really doesn't like the dog next door making noises at him. Okay. Yeah, you're going to get held. Uh, Weekend at Effies.com for the Patreon. I hope you all take a chance to even look at it. Look, I'm with you, Bob. I don't like the dog next door either. I don't like the dog next door either. Do they pick up your own shit. Pick up your fucking dog yep. shit. That's how hard is that? I hope they listen to the podcast. Pick up your dog shit. Now, Pitar, you know my history. I began my wrestling career in a state that is not friendly to folks like us, and that is Florida. And this weekend I returned to Florida, but knowing Bussy, we can't just return to Florida. You have to go to Canada first. <laughs> yeah. First, we have to make an unscheduled appearance in fucking Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg Pro Wrestling reached out to me and Allie and said, hey, we have a completely sold out show. Would you guys like to come be surprised and have a tag team match before you go to Florida? And I'm thinking, hell yeah. And Allie goes, I always have trouble when I'm in Canada, getting yeah. back from Canada. And she goes, even you lost your bag that one time. And I was like, listen, Allison, I am protected in my travels. We will have no issues. We will go to Canada, and we will have so much fun. We'll see our Canadian friends and family, and we will leave right on time. She must have like a Saturn line up in Canada or something. There's something going on. Yeah. Because Canada, if it's just her, doesn't go well. But when she's with daddy, we're fine. I'm daddy in this situation. Now, I actually didn't have to leave that early. I had a noon flight. Um, had a very fun time uh, flying to Winnipeg direct, which is rare. Sometimes you got to go through other places. Hey, Bebop. Bob. Bebop. Bobby. Let her yell. You don't yell. <laughs> Risky man. I know. I landed uh, in a reasonable amount of time, and we picked up. Don't you get started. We picked up Allie. We picked up Jody Threat. We picked up two Australian studs. Uh, we'll get into them in a minute. Uh, and we picked up uh, Celestia Sparks. Uh, and we all got in a car, and it was snowing everywhere. Now, tell me how you prepare to your packing of your bags when the place you're going is 16 degrees and covered in snow. And then the place you're going to be for the next two days is 84 degrees outside. You don't prepare. You bring one outfit that's warm and the rest that are cold. Cold outfits. Not outfits for the cold, but like you'd be cold in them if you were in the cold outfits. Okay. Which truly, I miss summer so much all the time. Yeah. Because my bag is so much emptier if I'm just throwing in athletic shorts and some tank tops. Yeah. Like, I don't need that much clothing. But I do when it's fucking frozen outside. We're driving through town and it's just ice and storm and you have to walk slow and your feet get wet. It's a lot. And also, 
we're a surprise on the show. People don't even know we're here. Right. So not that, you know, we don't believe in our, you know, reputation across the borders of the world. You just like, there's still that thing in your heart where you're like, are they going to go crazy for us? Yeah. Or are we over assuming our, yeah. If people can prepare and I know people have bought tickets for us specifically, you're like, yeah, turns out. Yes. They're fucking into it. Uh, me and Ali showed up. We had a wonderful time. Six matches on this card, six big time matches. We were right before intermission. We went out against Solomon Tupu and Heather Reckless and came out to a huge applause. They went nuts for Bussy, surprise Bussy. There were already people there with my fans in the crowd. There were already people there wearing my shirts, and I wasn't even expected to be there. They did not know I was going to be there. We had a huge tag match. It was uh, remarkable to be a part of, uh, you know, Canadian wrestling again. I'm going back in two weeks to Edmonton and Calgary. I'm a champion in Edmonton. I'm going back to Montreal in March for a four-on-four death match. What the fuck am I doing with my life? Uh, I love Canada. I love going places where it feels like it's my hometown. Um, It's very interesting to feel like you're a part of a cultural movement of wrestling in a place that is... 100% 100% not your home or even your own country. Uh, I also like being able to tell them there. So if I was Canadian coming to America, I'd have to be like lying about what I was there for. But I land and they're like, what are you doing here? And you're like, I'm a pro wrestler. I'm doing a show. I'm going to leave tomorrow. And they're like, is that real? And you're like, yeah, it is fucking real. I'm a legend. And they have to just go with it. And then they ask you things like, do you, do you do crimes? And you're like, I don't do any fucking crimes because I don't. Technically, my technically nothing shows up, okay? And that's why I have a horrible probation right now because nothing shows up. I got to go meet with my officer in the morning so I can get another fucking travel pass. This It's just like at a certain point. Have they? Did they even send you the one from last time? Yes, I made them give it to me that day okay. there. And that's what I'm going to make him do tomorrow. Yeah. Like at this point, I'm just going to be fucking annoying. I still don't even have the login to like see what I owe on the court fees. But once they tell me tomorrow, I'm just going to finish it off. I think it's yeah. like 300 bucks or something yeah. left. But it's like I can't even like log in and be like, like if I paid JPay right now too much, I doubt that they would actually like give me a refund for what I did. You know what I mean? Like if I overpaid, yeah. like I just don't trust it. No. So we're going to keep uh, doing what we have to do legally for Effie to appear. We're going to keep not smoking weed. We're going to keep not doing drugs. And we're going to keep recording podcasts and complaining about stuff. And um, maybe we should just get into this real quick. Okay. We'll get into the travel in a second. I was looking at this. The past four big gay brunches, there's been one big gay brunch that does not coincide with bad news for a particular person. Big gay brunch Chicago in 2022. That same day. You got in a giant fight with all of your coworkers and had to be suspended. Big Abram Chicago 2023, you got fired from your job on the day of a big pay-per-view. Big A Brunch Tampa 2024, you injured your tricep. Here's what I'm going to say, pal. I'm not saying it's 100% my fault. But I wouldn't try to do anything the same day Effie's doing anything because it has only ended in you having horrible things going on in your life. When my energy surges, Phil, you have to leave it alone. You have to stay home because now 
you've blown your chance at a WrestleMania main event. I don't want to see what's going to happen to you the date of WrestleMania because we're already sold out in Philly, pal. Philadelphia, okay? I wouldn't risk it. Seems like energy's on your side, and it's not right now. You're out with a torn tricep, and Drew McIntyre made fun of you using the same meme I used the day before to make fun of a guy who ran his mouth trying to talk shit on the Big Gay Brunch, whose career is now over. So I would just say, if you're thinking of doing stuff, and Effie's running a Big Gay Brunch, maybe do it the day after. Maybe don't do it the same day I'm doing a Big Gay Brunch. It has only brought horror to your life. But maybe you like boxing with God. But I don't think your arms are big enough to box with Effie. So I would kick back. I would take a relaxer when you see I'm running a big gay brunch. And I would wait until the next day to try anything. Sorry about your tricep. Hope you heal up quick. Actually a big fan. But to think you could beat Stardust in the Royal Rumble, you fool. Cody's finishing the story. Big Cody fan here. Because he texts me. (laughs) Okay. Back to Canada. We finish. We do intermission. The Canadians love us. Lots of pictures, lots of fandom, lots of merchandise, lots of fun. And we get back on that plane at 5 a.m. and leave Canada to go to Florida, which we slept for maybe an hour or two in the hotel room. We got back to the hotel room. I ordered us KFC. I got popcorn chicken patine. I got a grilled chicken wrap. Allie got a three-piece with a biscuit. Uh, And we had Canadian uh, diet sodas. I think she got a real soda. But you know me. I'm looking out. And then we got right back on the plane, flew out of town. Now, the Tim Hortons in the fucking Winnipeg airport uh, was not open until 4, and I got to the airport really early. So we had to wait a second for the airport to open the Tim Hortons. And this woman tried to stand in front of me and tried to sneak in front of me in line at the Tim Hortons. And I didn't say anything, and I didn't have to because we made eye contact at one point because she literally just stood in front of me when I'd been standing in this line for 15 minutes at least. She made eye contact with me, and I think she realized they were like, oh, my whole day is going to change if I risk it. Not like it would add that much time to my day when you see me waiting for the Tim Hortons to open politely in a line where another part of the line has formed behind me. You want to stand in front of me? You better second guess. I think she just realized she was in over her head. She changed her mind and went to the back of the line. But I'm just telling you right now, if you cut me in line in Canada at the Tim Hortons, I will not handle this the Canadian way. I will make sure you're crying before you get on your plane. I won't have to be loud. I won't have to be physical. But I can I can break you down pretty easily, ma'am. I just want my fucking belt. Here's what pisses me off about Tim Hortons right now, okay? I can't get donuts, number one. Number two, you ready for this one? There's a meal called a belt. Bacon, egg, lettuce, tomato on a bagel. And you say, I'll have a belt. And they say, bacon or sausage. Well, a belt is a bacon Bacon, egg, lettuce, tomato. A sausage is a celt. A sausage, egg, lettuce, tomato. If I say belt, I don't fucking want sausage. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Maybe it means bagel, egg, lettuce, tomato. I I don't think that's true. Bacon, egg, lettuce, because a BLT is bacon, lettuce, tomato. So a belt would be bacon, egg, lettuce, tomato. So when I say belt and you say, do you want sausage? I did get sausage, but it's not proper. It's not a proper way to do it, okay? That's all I got to say about that. But you got the sausage. Yeah. I got a salt. Uh, I do believe the lady <laughs> protests protest too much. much. <laughs> <laughs> On an everything bagel. It's delicious. It's fantastic. I really wanted a French crawler. God. Ugh. What am I doing to myself? I think the real culprit here is uh, Effie not getting donut. 
can't go to the gym, can't have a donut. <laughs> it's, it keeps attacking like the back of my mouth. <laughs> I, know, I, I keep making this face. <laughs> For those that haven't listened to the mini soda, we're drinking Warheads energy drinks. We're both got again. the same flavor, yeah. uh, non cognizantly of each other. I don't know. We probably have telepathy at this point of some sort. I, probably. I think it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I got on the plane. We went through Toronto. Toronto, as they call it. Toronto. Toronto. And then me and Ali landed in Tampa, picked up the rental car, and it was off to the fucking races. There was not time to rest. I had to go check in hotels. I had to go help people figure out their rides. I had to go check in rooms. I had to go to the venue. I had to pick up hotel cars. I had to talk to people. Like, from the moment I landed until I left Sunday, it did not end. And I knew it. I knew that's what it was going to be. And it was fine. But at some point in the day, later in the day, someone who was ring crew asked me, Effie, you look tired. Are you okay? And I went, I am fucking tired. I'm main eventing the show tonight. And then I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be here at 9 a.m. to run another show, which I am also going to main event. So I'm just asking people to have a little bit of tact. I know you probably want to talk to me. Probably want to see how I'm doing. Please trust that I'm doing okay. And in these moments where I'm doing all these shows and main eventing, and selling a lot of goddamn tickets for the Florida shows. Sorry, I'm not going to fucking pretend I'm not. There are a lot of people there to see Effie. There are a lot of people there to come to the Big Gay Brunch. When I'm doing all of this, please assume, yes, I'm tired. Yes, I look tired. And yes, I'm fine until I'm not. You know when I was the most fine? Was when I got to Sunday and it was just me in the car driving. They were like, don't you want to fly home? And I was like, no, I don't. I want to sit in the car for seven hours, and I want to listen to shitty murder podcasts about wives killing their husbands, and I want to be left the fuck alone. And I don't want to answer calls, and I don't want to be tagged in anything, and I'm going to turn my phone to the side, and I'm going to get in the car, and I'm going to ride up through Florida. Do you know how much nicer it is to ride through Florida? The same routes I took for eight years when I was in Florida, when I actually have money in my pocket? Yeah. <laughs> it's a very yeah. different vibe, yeah. and it's wonderful. Uh, shout out to everybody who gave me money. Thank you. Thank you so much, honestly. Um, Friday night was, here's what I'm going to say. Would our match, would me and Mansur's match have been as aggressive, raw, painful, and realistic if there were not 11 matches before us? Maybe, but less likely. There were 11 matches before us on a 12-match card, and we had to main event. And let me tell you something. By the time I got out there, it was 11.30 p.m. on a Friday night, and they'd been in this building for almost four hours and as i'm saying this and getting worked up my head hurts i was ready to beat the fuck out of people and i just want to be perfectly clear there's no forgiveness in what we are doing with each other i do not give a fuck that within the first five seconds of this match i knocked mance warner completely on his ass completely knocked him out with a clear shot to his jaw go watch i like knowing that if I want to be gentle and sweet and protective of my uh, opponents in fun match situations, not all matches have to be that dead serious, that I can protect you and make you feel great. One time Jordan Oliver said, why don't you kick? Why don't you make sure those kicks connect harder in the match? I go, because it doesn't need to. I don't need to connect. But then I learned I can also connect those fucking kicks. I put him on his ass within five seconds of that match starting as we punched each other in the face. And I connected one right to the side of his jaw, and that bitch was fully engorged by the end of that match. And I want to say, maybe I would have it in my heart to look past some of the things and to say I'm sorry to Mance Warner for causing him such pain and injury. 
because I don't know if you should directly target someone's mouth like that. But then I saw what he did to me. And brother, let me tell you something. I don't give a fuck that I punched you in the fucking face. I don't give a fuck that I knocked you out. If you go watch the clips on my Instagram of this match that took place, just brief little clips, not even mini clips, didn't show a lot of things. I've never bled that much in my life. I've never been that covered in blood. And I've never been hit in the face and back and spine and jaw and forehead so many times relentlessly that when I got hit at the end of the match with a chair and my head, my skull was split wide open, I did not notice for another three hours. I got out of that match. I was pouring blood everywhere. Brett came up to me and he said, please try not to get blood on the floor. And I went, I don't give a fuck. Pouring blood. People are asking me for rides to the hotel rooms. People are asking me about the brunch the next day. And what is Effie doing? Handling business. Here, let me find you a ride. Let me do this. Oh, what do you need? What do you need? Needless to say, I have a fucking five-inch split in my skull that I don't even notice. I get back to the hotel room. I order Taco Bell for the crew. There's like six of us in this hotel room hanging out, vibing. Order Taco Bell for everyone. Start putting together the big gay brunch card, hanging out. We're all talking. And then I go to take a shower. And I start going, huh, I didn't know I had a wound on top of my head. I start feeling it. I go, huh, feels pretty, (laughs) feels like a cavern. And then I dry it and I walk out and I say, hey, ref Scarlet. Oh, you're like jittering right now. I don't, I, I. Uh, I'm an over empathetic human being yeah. and when stuff like this gets described to me I start physically feeling it yeah well physically feel this I go out of the bathroom and I go hey rough scarlet now she also has worked in veterinary medicine so she's seen a few wounds before and has you know a better idea than I do because I'm an idiot and I said this looks a little bit bad to me do I need to go to the hospital And she goes, yeah, you need to have your head stapled together. There is a gaping gash in the top of your head that is massive. And I, in that moment, was not worried that I had a huge wound in the top of my head. I was not worried that my skull was splitting open. I was not worried about uh, the pain that I would be in or how I was going to wrestle with staples in my head. I was worried about the fact that it was only 2 a.m. and I was going to go to sleep for six hours And now had to go to the emergency room. And boy, thank God for Ref Scarlet, the most wonderful person around. Because she came to the emergency room with me and she sat with me the whole time while I made up a fucking story about my brother's uh, baby shower. Now, here's what's real. My brother did have a baby shower. Not in Tampa. My brother lives in Tampa. Him and his wife are expecting a baby. Very excited to be a gunkle, which stands for gay uncle. But in the moment I come into town, he's out of town because our energies, they cannot surpass. I showed you a picture of him and his wife, and I was like, they're normal people. It's awesome. Like, I'm so happy that my mother can have me to worry about and send me messages like, you should get one of those helmets like they give to infants whose skulls are not formed all the way. And then also have a son who is an accountant who can have a baby and a wife that she can cherish. I am lying my ass off to this hospital. I hope they don't follow my podcast. They probably don't. And they were like, were you drunk? And I was like, no. They said, how did it happen? I said, just tumbled down the stairs, thought I was all right. They said, did you see any flashes of light? I said, no. They said, we have to get you a CAT scan. 
So now it's almost 4.30 a.m. Been there two and a half hours. I have to go get a CAT scan. Fun fact, no cats. I thought the cats were going to look at me. Don't look away from me. Don't look away from me when I say cat scan. I said it to the nurse I was nurse about there. to make a cat joke and went, no, that's too dumb to do that. <laughs> I said to the nurse, I go, well, when do the cats get here? And he just goes, please stop. <laughs> then they get the cat scan back an hour later. It says I'm totally fine. Meanwhile, just sitting in this bed with my head wide open. Then they come in and clean my wound. Uh, try to get my hair out of it as much as possible. And then the doctor comes back in, and this is like Looney Tunes-esque. He's like, I got to go get the stapler, and then passes our room like six times because he can't find a stapler to do the stapling with. Uh, Finally comes back, finishes the staples, which the whole time I'm doing this match, I'm going, my pain tolerance is insane. Nothing hurts me that bad as I jump off the top rope onto a piece of wood the wrong way that goes into my chest and neck. I'm going, oh, nothing hurts me that bad as I'm taking three chair shots to the head that bust me open. So I'm taking a knee to my face with a chair around it. All of these things, and I'm going, nothing's that painful. And then as I sit at 5.45 in the morning waiting for him to put these staples in, I realize some things are very painful. And my skull is very tender, and the wound has just been sitting open, and all the adrenaline has run away. And he says, pinch, and he puts in a staple, and he does it six more times, and he goes, seven staples. I go, well, I'm going to lie and say it was eight. And he goes, well, maybe it should be. Pinch, and does another staple on top of it, to which we finish up things there. I said, listen, pal, I got to go. I got to get out of here. It's almost 7 a.m. at this point. And Scarlett goes, I said, those actually hurt. And she goes, I wasn't going to say anything, but it's pretty weird they didn't offer you any kind of anesthetic or any kind of topical or any kind of pain management for that. And you just took it and no-sold it. I was like, I'm not selling for this. You think I'm going to sell for the fucking staple wounds as my skin is pinched together? Best case scenario, though, uh, it'll make my bald spot look a little tighter as it pulls the hair together. You know, it's like it felt like I got a facelift because my scalp just went... And got pulled as tight as possible. Uh, so hopefully it'll do the same thing as, you know, it's like a hair transplant, but it's just like part of my scalp is now inside of my head, like a tectonic plate that's being folded inside itself, returning the crust to the magma core. You know what I mean? <laughs> hopefully I don't get some weird ingrown hairs in a few months out of this. Like, oh, I don't know. Something feels infected on my head and it's just this hair that's been hidden inside my scalp. Cat scan said no contusions, no fractures, no hematomas. Um, much like I told Ring of Honor when I did <laughs> that one digital pay-per-view, I said, yeah, no, no, I've never had a concussion in my life. <laughs> you think I'm ever going to tell a doctor I've had a concussion? Are you kidding me? I've either had, Peter, let me tell you, I've either had zero concussions or 600,000 concussions. There's no in between, and I can't wait to see what happens next. <laughs> Fuck Christopher Nowinski. I don't care if this affects me negatively. That loser retired not because of concussions, but because he was genuinely bad at the easiest part of professional wrestling, which is bumping correctly. So no, even with concussions and head trauma, I will never give that man any credit. Have you ever been so embarrassed about how you had to leave your career that you pretended it was for something other than what it was and became a doctor just so people would think that you were actually not leaving the sport because you were so fucking bad at it? That's like a deeply embarrassing, like that's going Yeesh. so far into the closet of like, no, no, no. I just want to help with brain trauma because, you know, the brain trauma affected me. And you're like, but that's not why you retired. And he goes, oh, is it? Oh, but just, we're going to help so many people. And you're like, yeah, you're a fucking loser. You fucking loser. Uh, so I get out of the hospital at 7 a.m. 
I go back to the hotel room, try to start preparing myself because I got to go up at like 9 a.m. to be at this show, get everything together. And uh, I go to Dunkin' Donuts. I have a coffee. I get an energy drink. I prepare myself. Now then I realize Gasparilla is going on. Are you familiar with Gasparilla? No. It's a large scale pirate festival where people get hammered in Tampa and it's happening the same exact day as Big Gay Brunch. And they also have sold off part of their parking lot for uh, the Gasparilla buses to run people into town. So I pull up to the building where I'm running a show with my name on it and security goes, you can't go in here. And I go, in fact, I can. Uh, I'm here for the show. And they go, everybody's here for the show. I said, no, I'm here for the show in this building, named after me in this building. And he was like, well, you can't go in there. And I was like, no, I, in fact, can go in there. The show is named after me. I am running a wrestling show here today. And he said, oh, is it a wrestling show? I said, yes. And he goes, oh, well, then you can go in there, but you got to park on this side. And then I got in the building, and I complained to the woman who ran the building, and we had him removed from the team. So don't fuck with me. I know what I'm talking about. And if my people started showing up and we're like, we're here for the show and you made them park down the street for the show that's at this building with plenty of parking for my show would have been very upset. Yeah. And I got to the building and I said, Brett, I don't know if I'm going to be able to wrestle. I have eight staples in my head. I was low key in it. Part of me was like, do I make a big post about this so people are prepared or do I just low key it and see what happens? And of course I low keyed it to see what happens. I messaged Allie when I got out I said, I have eight staples in my head. Just think. If there's a backup plan, but obviously Effie's big game brunch. People are there to see Effie. Now, no one there is like, I hope he risks his health to wrestle for us. But I got in the building. I said, Brett, I don't know what I should do. I feel very out of it. I have eight staples in my head and I'm supposed to have this match. And he goes, well, you don't have to wrestle. You just have to entertain. And I said, what does that mean? He said, think about it. You don't have to wrestle. You just have to entertain. So then Mason Mansour, God bless them. You know, we spoke the day before. Mansoor had a crazy wrestling match with Tony Deppen. Uh, Mace was doing his debut. You know, they had wrestled before at DPW and uh, done really well. But this was going to be a different match. And I said, guys, I have eight staples in my head. And they watched the match the night before. There was someone in particular there who stayed for most of the show and then left for the main event. And if you Google his name, my picture comes up. So you can put that together on your own using historical accuracy. Uh, but he left before the main event. So he did not see my match. Uh, which I think he would have enjoyed it um, because it would have just been me being physically punished, which I think is something he would be into. But Mason Mansour did stay and watch my match, and they said, listen, buddy, <laughs> we saw your match. You don't have to explain anything to us. We can have the most entertaining match of all time. Allie's a very good professional wrestler. We will make this look like there is nothing wrong with you. Don't make a big post. Don't make a big thing. You don't have to be like, I have staples, but I'm still doing it. Like the wrestler in your heart is like, I should tell everyone I'm suffering. Yeah. I should let everyone know I'm suffering. But instead, you go, no way. Everyone there is in the greatest of spirits. Everyone there puts their whole fucking bussy into it. Uh, we have an incredible card. One of the best big gay brunch cards we've ever had. Some of the best matches. Brett pulled me aside and he was like, these matches are really good. He's like, I don't even know some of these people. These matches are incredible. We also, right before we went on the air... Nick Gage said, that shit last night was incredible. Are you feeling all right? I said, I feel a little out of it, man. He says, it's okay. You got a lot of people here to help you. You don't need to worry. And I said, are you cool with this commentary? We got him all these lists. He said, yeah. He said, Chris Riddle's going to help me with commentary, make sure everything's good. 
He said, well, what are these mimosas people are talking about? I said, oh, you want a mimosa? He goes, I want to know what it is. I said, it's champagne and orange juice. He goes, well, then hell yeah, I want a mimosa. So we gave Nick Gage his first mimosa right before they went on the air. Uh, he then figured out, yo, Alec Price is here. Masha Slamovich is here. Poya Del Mar is here. Billy Dixon is here. And kept pulling new people into commentary. And so you had this vibe of like, yeah, it's Big Gay Brunch. It's Effie. But all these other wrestlers who are a part of just the wrestling world are here to support as well. And we know about these people. We know about wrestling. And so having them on commentary became this whole like community crew of the wildest commentary team you've ever heard. And then by the time it came, I went out. We wrestled almost 25, 30 minutes. Did a full main event. It was incredible. I got to kiss Mace on the lips. Have you ever bitten someone's ass and kissed them on the lips? And then an hour after the show found out that they were a wonderful father to two amazing daughters. <laughs> Shout out Mason Mansour. You guys rule. Uh, it was an incredible show. The people that showed up were so into it. It was, you know, was it sold out? No. Were the people there the ones we wanted there? Yes, they were absolutely fully into it. I still need to watch the show back, but as far as I could tell, everything came across really incredibly. Uh, and then I got to cut the promo after, where I basically said, I just had to do this match with eight staples in my head. And I didn't tell them to impress them because I did it with eight staples in my head. I did it to say, Mason Mansour and Alley Catch were able to make this match look like a real match with my unability at that point and that is magic but i did have to explain to ali that she's a much better professional wrestler than anyone wants to give her credit for and that if she wants to get signed to a contract she probably has to stop standing next to me and my loud uh opinions on everything and butt pussy <laughs> i'm like listen baby if you really want a contract just just move two steps to the left. You're incredible. Just let me go on my own journey. But I don't think she cares. I think she says they're going to want me if they want me. They, whatever I do is over. The people are behind me. If they're scared of butt pussy, they're scared of alley catch. And there was power in that. And we had a great time. And then we had the longest merch line I've ever been a part of. I had Scarlett and Cole Radrick helping me. Uh, emotional support Cole was there. I put out the graphic for that, which got really over. And he was wonderful. And he even walked Billy Dixon down the aisle for his match with Maid Kira. Aww. Uh, Billy Dixon had made full lace overalls with a veil on a head. It was very classic. And he was like, Cole, will you walk me down the aisle? And he did. And it was the most fun kind of shit have going on and uh then they helped me with merch and it still was like such a long merch line we then even recorded a whole youtube video with mason mansoor after to the point where we had to remove ali from the video because her flight was going to leave because she was doing another show the next day in boston god <laughs> yeah uh and then after the fact we went and a bunch of us went and watched the royal rumble that night and i gotta say this and this is i'm not going to talk about how great my show is and then just shit on other things the screen just looked the same the whole time. The colors, the gear, the movements, it just looked the same the whole time. And I think I don't watch enough of it to say that that's not how it always is. But I like that we are at least able to provide a different alternative to people who don't want to look at the same exact thing for three hours. Because at no point, even in the same building, even in a very sanitary, sanitized looking building, did our show look the same at all for any of those three hours. And I hope people will watch on Fight TV and take it in. The next morning, I took a bunch of people to the airport at 5. I went back to the hotel room. I slept until noon. And then I slowly made my way back home and uh, dropped off the car. AJ, thank God, picked me up. 
dropped me off here. We both went to bed. I was home by like nine. It was fantastic. And I survived. I survived. And I'm back at it this weekend. Los Angeles, Chicago. I will not be at the Phoenix State, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. And uh, here we are. Still on the road, still doing it. Big Gay Brunch didn't kill me. I'm going to remind myself of that. Big Gay Brunch in Philly is sold out completely. I'm going to remind myself of that as I put the show together. I've had a lot of people reach out once again. Uh, I feel like I always have to put this out there. If you're not booked, it's not the end of the world for you. If you are booked, it's not the end of the world for you either. Uh, It's just a wrestling show. And I think I'm going to put together a wrestling show that's great, that doesn't stress me out, that is fun, and hopefully a lot of you enjoy it. When's your? Is there a next Mance meeting planned? We haven't decided yet. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling of when it might be. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling it might be closer to that Philadelphia time. But uh, I'd like to see how things play out. And it's definitely not our last meeting because there wasn't even an ending to this match. He just tried to light us on fire with with gasoline. And you can try to light me on fire with gasoline. I've tried to do it myself with lighter fluid. When me and Pero had a last Saturday standing match, I dumped lighter fluid all over myself and... Uh, then tried to kill Pero and it didn't work because I was put through a flaming piece of glass with lighter fluid all over me, which is not very smart, but I'm not scared to be on fire and have burns all over my skin, but don't do it to Allie and Sheik when they're just trying to calm the situation down. That's not cool. So yeah, I think we will be meeting again shortly. I don't think this is anywhere near done. And I hope that, uh, he understands this is just the beginning. And now I know where the, I know where the cards lie because I have, eight staples in my fucking head and I was able to keep my hair at this point but I'm not scared I'm not scared to lose my hair my ears my nose my fingers I don't give a fuck I will stand victorious and I will I will retch my body in the process if that's what it takes do you ever look at your hands and you go isn't it incredible I still have all my fingers have I brought that story up when I moved that old woman one time and she said do you have all of your fingers and I said yes she goes, it's very rare for a man of your age to have all of your fingers. And I said, is it? And she said, yes. And then I thought about it, and I was like, just these little sticks hanging off my body. Mm-hmm. I often say that the uh, men are very dangerous, but we would be even more dangerous if we didn't have soft little phalanges hanging off the front of us because it's the only thing sometimes keeping us from going even deeper. If men had an any penis it would be over because the fact that right in front of us, if we take a risk too great, it'll just fall off. That's the thing that's holding back men from being even worse than we are. And you think about fingers and toes and you're like, honestly, how do I keep these fingers and toes? They're very useful things, but I've slammed them in doors and slammed them in wood. And, you know, I still have wounds on my hands that it's tough for them to heal because it's, I've just keep fucking it up. Yeah. And it's like, Maybe I should just cut one of them off. Maybe I'm better with a Simpsons hand, you know? I'm not going to do it. I mean, I have uh, I have a pin in my thumb that is keeping my whole hand together. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Is it metal? You see the little... I think it's like titanium. You see that little blue dot right there? Yeah. That's where the, the pin is keeping all of it working. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Medical science. Yep. I've got. We've both got metal in us. Hopefully the stables can come out soon, but I'm not rushing them out by any means. No, please don't. Oh, oh I did mention that um, you were talking about getting Ref Scarlet to uh, take the staples out later on down the road, which is 
fully a Tony Soprano move, getting a veterinarian to deal with your uh, medical difficulties. Well, you know, I told her after, I said, listen, if I had just bought a medical grade stapler, we would have saved ourselves a lot of time because you could have just held it together. But, you know, there was a lot of measuring. It's done really well. I put ointment on it. Uh, they glued it afterwards. Like, I didn't take any risk. I think I've minimized scarring. We'll see how it looks when it's all said and done. But uh, it is a bit of a weird feeling to be looking into the mirror and going, huh, that's pretty wide open on top of my head. And and just trying to – anyone I asked, including the nurses, including my friends, I'd be like, you think it's that bad? They go, ugh. And that wasn't even the answer. But when you hear that sound first, you go, it's that bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and head up there. Luckily, it was five minutes away. It was easy. There's no one there, but it took all night. But, you know, there's something hilarious about, you know, like certain big gay brunches. I've been up all night by my own volition. And then I'm looking at this one going, oh, I have so much time. I'm going to go to bed. I've already eaten. And I go, no, you're not. It's big gay brunch. Yeah. You're not sleeping, no. pal. Come on. No. Come on. What did you expect for real? Uh, yeah, and then explaining the other wounds on my head. They're like, is that also from the fall? And I was like, oh, of course. Yeah, as my head just is bruising over time while I'm sitting in the room. What a life. God. What a life. Let's get into questions. We Let's didn't have an episode do. last week. We had the Big A Brunch preview, which I hope you watched and listened to. There's also LGBTQ in the Ring just did a review discussion of Big A Brunch that is longer than Big A Brunch itself. I hope you guys will listen to that with Brian Bell and some other people. And uh, hopefully you will sign up for the Patreon, weekendatfees.com. Get in on the Patreon. There's a lot of fun stuff. There's video, which I am going to be peer pressuring Peter to just go ahead and start putting up video. Um, we'll make we'll make a weird clickbait picture. It we can't could, be that hard. We can just we can just do it. We just put we a few old it. ones up and let people know what they're missing. That's more what I'm into than anything else. I want to use it as a look what you're missing. You could see us as we're discussing this the whole time and watching me laugh and watching the dogs. There's nothing more exciting, truly. Make sure you rate, review, leave a review, subscribe, follow, set for auto-download, whatever you can that raises our, uh, what is it, visibility, raises our visibility amongst everything. You know, we used to skew a little higher on the wrestling podcast trends, but then people figured out this may not even be a wrestling podcast. This may just be a life and feelings and vibes podcast. Um and with your encouragement, if we get enough money on the Patreon, we're going to be able to actually sit back for a week and finish a screenplay. So we're, we're, we're into it. We're ready for it. We think we can make one of the greatest American films ever made. And I just, I'm trapped to the road right now because I have a lot of bills. We have a lot of bills. A lot of bills. We're working yeah. on it, though. The increase has been great. New people coming in has mm-hmm. been great. And we want to make sure you feel like you're getting your money's worth supporting the Patreon. So thank you to all of those who have taken the risk. And if you haven't, check it out. Weekendatfees.com. We got questions from our Patreon we uh, subscribers. Dude, this is from Mike. Mike. Um, okay, I'm Mike. I am answer. We're answering your second question first. Uh, recently I learned that Snoopy has an entire extended family that I didn't know about. Which of Snoopy's favorite, which of Snoopy's relatives are your favorites? The cartoon dog Snoopy and not Snoop of anatomy of a fall fame. Yes. Uh, I've got the peanuts wiki pulled up cause I want to get their names. Right. I have the peanuts wiki also pulled up. So we figured out which, which ones our dogs are. Um, I want to be in my heart. I tried to be spike. 
Spike's the one with the mustache and the hat, and he lives in the desert. Uh-huh. I want to be Spike in my heart. Truly, I'm Olaf through and through. Olaf is the big Herkin <laughs> dummy who looks yeah. stoned. Yeah. I'm Olaf truly. I wish I was Spike. Uh, we figured out that Lucy is Marvel's. Lucy is Marvel's. <laughs> With the big wide-eyed expression and everything. Uh was was Bebop and Andy? We don't know. I think Bebop is Andy. I'm sorry we've left out some of the more femme characters, uh, like Belle. And so apparently Belle also has a teenage son who is unnamed. Uh, which one is Rover? Um... rover who's your favorite i i think i mean i have to go with uh i have to go with marbles marbles seems like yeah they're going through it a little uh, bit and i love it you just just you know a little uh you know low-grade panic attack all the time that's that's my energy <laughs> <laughs> marbles is a great name too and just look at those little spots little dalmatian-y spots uh, here's a, here's a, um, I'm trying to find these cute little Marvels comics. We're really into Snoopy getting a pickup. We're really into Snoopy and Maestro. We're really into Snoopy's family. Um, oh, shout out Snoopy. Shout out Marvels. Shout out Olaf. Shout out Spike. Uh, shout out. What's this one? Oh, they make a Marvels. There's a Marvels plush. Oh. Oh. Yeah, we love Snoopy. Um, okay, next question. This is also from Mike. Not sure if this is too late for this week or not, but I was a bit surprised at which movies from last year you loved more than others. Could I mean, we are full of surprises with that, I believe. Uh, could Effie and Pitar both list their top three films of 2023? And which would you give best picture to if you could choose doesn't have to be nominated? All right. I got to go back into the letterbox. Thank God I have letterbox. I don't know who suggested that to me. Uh, <laughs> um, so I actually have a list for this year. Um, I think Bo is going to have to be one of the three. Bo is one of my three, too. Um. Uh, I'm going to have to throw, you know what? I not technically, I guess I can't do decision to leave because that was 2020. I just looked at that. That was 2022 as well. Mm-hmm. Really good movie decision really to leave. Good movie. Uh, I have to put Asteroid City in my three. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And I know it's so good because it's hard for me to go back and rewatch because it sits. Yeah, it really does. And once it gets moving, it's going. Yeah. And you're like, it's just happening. Yeah. Here it goes. Yeah. Everyone is so good in it. Asteroid City is phenomenal. I think Bo is still my picture of the year. Yeah. But I think Asteroid City is like, uh, it's up there. Yeah. And I was sad I didn't get more nominations. I know. I know. Also, I really, really liked Iron Claw, but I think I'm partial because of my history. Right. Um. I'm gonna have to throw Kane Mutiny Marshall, Court Marshall, as one of my top. That's the Did last. Did not see it. Last Friedkin. Um, highly, highly, highly recommend that. You one. recommended it to me too. Um, 
in a year that had a lot of courtroom drama happening, that one is specifically just courtroom drama, and it's Jason Clark for most of the movie, who is the main Oppenheimer interrogator. Um, I want to mention two movies that I think are, I think one of them is up for Best Picture, but I don't think it's going to win. Um, first, Bottoms, though. I think comedies are overlooked, yeah. and Bottoms, like yeah. top to bottom, was so good to yeah. me. Uh, but also holdovers has really sat with me. Did, did you see how there was a theater that was showing holdovers and the uh, workers at the theater forgot and closed the theater and locked everyone in? They created their own holdovers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry um, if you got trapped at the Paul Giamatti movie. Uh, Blackberry. Blackberry's incredible. Blackberry's Is that 23? That's 23. Wow. Yeah. Black- I remember where I was when I watched it. I watched it in the Toronto airport on my phone. And then I said, I just rented Blackberry. You should watch it. Um, the the weirdness of... the I personally had a lot going on when we moved into this house. Mm-hmm. and Same. <laughs> there's just... Yeah, that Same. was a period of time for sure. And there was something... Um, both blissful and transformative about watching Master Gardener and then Blackberry, which because you had both of those yes. rented, and I just needed like time and space away from everything that was going. Master on. Gardener fucks me up, and that's yeah. on streaming services now, right? Hulu, yes. maybe. Yes. Uh, go out of your way to watch that. Seriously, is, I I know I'm a big Joel Edgerton fan, but like, come on, that is, I don't know. It's, it's also like when these directors, um get to be of an age i think that is where the really interested which is why i think tarantino's not retiring because he has to make the weirdo i'm about to die movies yeah and schrader is you know he even talked about this might be the last one that i do it's not true he already did a jacob alordi um vietnam draft dodging movie well look at jacob alordi you see him and you just get reminded that you have something left in your heart (laughs) okay but i just Um, there is something about the fragility of flowers that builds that whole film up i also the, another one that really got under my skin was reptile did it yes i think i hate justin timberlake so much that i couldn't fully get in yeah but i really like but he's a piece Benicio he's a piece of shit in it which is why it's and isn't tolerable. alicia silverstone in that one yeah, when they go dancing yeah, yeah. that scene alone i think yep. is actually yep. one of the best scenes yep. of the year yep uh i gotta give more credit to these netflix movies and these like uh specific in that world movies um, I think so. I th- I'm gonna say Bo, um, Kane Mutiny, Court Martial, and Blackberry are my three. All right, I'm gonna say Bo, I'm gonna say Bottoms, I'm gonna say Asteroid City. And what do you think? Best picture, if you could just pick. Bo is afraid. Yeah, if we're really talking about film and yes. going all the yes. way and taking risks and showing things on screen that haven't been shown, Bo is afraid is the movie. I'm sick of having this discussion. Because if you don't understand it, you don't deserve to, you piece of shit. Is that too harsh? No, that's okay. great. Right. That's great. Um, okay, this is for him. Also, Nathan Lane. Just Nathan Lane's having a year. Just wait till you see him feed the sewer boys. Okay, I, I might have My to. My sewer boys! Is this cape too much? You're right. It's too plain. I'll go with the Valentino. Um, I would think I'll have to throw that on here in a minute. I think you should. Um, okay, Julie Alexander, what is your favorite condiment? Oh, this is good. Probably Heinz 57. It's too expensive nowadays. I don't get it anymore. 
But if I really had to pick, it would be mustard in a general sense. Like I used to dream about opening a mustard store. We had mustard on tap, fresh draft mustard. I love mustard on everything. I love thick, seedy mustard. I love yellow mustard. I love brown mustard. I love Dijon mustard. I love spicy deli mustard. I love all mustard. Mustard is true and and honoring and honors me. And there's also a Bible verse about mustard seeds that my mom's really into. So Uh I think she likes that I like mustards. I don't know. This is where our food convert. I'm not a mustard person. It is strong, tangy, vinegary, aggressively colored, and spicy if it wants to be. Yeah. There's no better condiment. I'm a, I'm a I'm a ride or die on ketchup. <sighs> I'm not opposed to ketchup, but the only time I really like ketchup is when it's with sweet potato fries. Mm, you're wrong about this. I know, but you're wrong about mustard. <laughs> Mustard is everything. Agree to be wrong. I'll drink it. I'll drink it right now. Mustard. My friend uh, Casey from college also has a dog named Mustard who is so cute. Cute name for a dog. He's a little pug. He's adorable. But what about ketchup? (laughs) Ketchup, I would name my like sheep or a duck. Come here, ketchup. Ketchup. (laughs) It'd be a really cute name for a duck. I know. I miss having a pet goat. Let's, Let's get a duck. I'm into it. Um, okay, I no, ma- Jonathan, stop. I forced you to watch this, so okay. um, this is from Nick Carp. Nick Carp, I um, love you. Said I just watched a new short that featured Polly Shore as Richard Simmons. Yeah, no question. Just think you should watch, and would love your opinion on this. Um, I got teary. It was incredible. I got teary, and I like that Richard Simmons was like, "Don't make it." And it makes me know that it should definitely be made. Yes. Polly yes. Shore. So I've told you this. I met Polly Shore at a pizza shop uh-huh. in Charleston one time where he went into the pizza shop to pick up our order. And I said, is that, are you Polly Shore? And he said, yep. And I'm getting a pizza. And then he left. And that was the whole interaction. And I cannot wait to see you as Richard Simmons. It was beautiful. I feel like it got to the soul of Richard Simmons. And I feel like. There's so much we don't know yet, mm-hmm. but you watch Finding Richard Simmons. The podcast? Yeah, listen yeah. to. Yeah. Um, I hope that we get a little deeper look into Richard, and I think what we'll find at the center is a pure diamond, just a pure soul. Yeah, yeah. I think Richard's just over the attention. I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it, you know? You get it. You get it more, for I think sure. I'll get it more as time goes yeah. on, but I get it. Yeah. You know? I love being the court jester, though. I don't. I'm not sure about being perceived yet. I'm jury's still out on that one. Perceive perception's beautiful because you can alter perception. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't know. That it hit me. It hit a spot. Yeah, that is a very Peter spot, and uh, it was very good. I look forward to whatever is coming next from. Um, I don't know. I'm very much on the the Shoranasans. Yeah, like let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's fully do it. Uh, Biodome fucking rips. I don't care. Well, I think, I mean, you know, his, his mom died pretty recently. Yeah, but she also was like kind of a like hulking massive figure. Yes. In the world of comedy. Yes. And he went off at her funeral, too, and was like, you were a dick to my mother. You always treated her like shit. You stole money from her. Like, just kind of let everybody have it of like, he's sort of been in this position of like, well, Polly's got his spot because, you know, his mom is this and that yeah. and blah. And it's like, yeah, Dinosaur is this massive creature of comedy and ownership of stand up. 
and you can point at Polly and be like, oh, he can just get away with anything he wants because he'll still be having a spot. And he's sort of like, no, I've had to fight for my spot. And I've made decisions that you disagree with, but I'm fucking hilarious yeah. and I'm good at this shit. Yeah. And fuck you. Yeah. So honestly, sorry your mom died. Everybody's mom dies eventually. It's very sad. But I think it may have opened something back up in him. It's th- There's something interesting that happens when people's parents die, especially if they're in the limelight like that. And um, I'm in a lucky position where I don't want to sound like a dick, but like I sort of put my parents in this position where I said, hey, I figured out I'm pretty cool to me. And you can either be into it or not. Yeah. And they were like, we're actually into it. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Which I don't think a lot of people have that chance. And so I think when their parents die too, it's like, it's the first time they felt sort of completely off the leash. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people holding back on what they would do with their life if they didn't have to worry about their parents' opinion on things. And that leads to, your parents are just worried about you being safe and being able to live and like having joy. And that's where a lot of that fear comes from. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of people holding back because of their parents being around and that sort of like is the worst case scenario to open yourself back up to like, Oh, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. No, I had a, um, I had a friend many, many years ago that, um, revealed to me that he wanted nothing more to be a writer and had this whole other life that he wanted to live. And I asked him pretty point blank. I'm like, why aren't you doing it? And he goes, I have to wait for my parents to die. Ugh. And I was like, wow, that is that is heavy. But and it, it makes your relationship with him horrible now. Yeah, it's like like what a prison to be in. And who um, knows if you'll still be good at writing after your parents die? It's, it's the medical like, system. Yeah, I hope you're. Uh, I hope you're continuing to. Do you, do you have the justice? Yeah, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I was one of the two thousand who purchased the exclusive picture vinyl. I don't want to talk about it. They only made two thousand of the picture vinyl. No, Peter. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, okay, uh, Julie Scott. Any other unusual allergies that she we should be aware of? Do you do you know of any other allergies that are rare and uncommon? I don't know. I'm severely allergic to bee stings. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, do you carry around like an EpiPen with no. you? Risk it. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, my whole body swells up very dramatically. Um, I, other than my lactose intolerance and my green tea intolerance, I'm. Oh, I also. This is really bad. Um, my throat closes up when I eat bread. <laughs> you have two loaves of bread in there. What are you doing, you little yeasty devil? No, I can't stop. It's good. It's but it's like. Is it worth your life? I like hack cough. Uh, like I had a. Um, like a pita wrap earlier from this great Mediterranean place yeah. down the street. And uh, went in the bathroom, we just like hacked, coughed for like five minutes. I just love bread. It's so I good. I really, like, really need to get my diet under control. That's all right. Uh, we're working on it. We're working on it. And you know what? Maybe we aren't. Fuck you. Uh, Not fuck you to the people asking the questions, but just as a general societal fuck yeah. you for telling us how to eat. I went to, we have this wonderful neighborhood, um, like, grocery store vegan tea everything. cultural center yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a cultural and center i went in there and got you know what i thought i was breaking the bank and i spent four dollars <laughs> it was lovely <laughs> i want to go back with you we keep not having time to do it together we'll make it work well yeah yeah, yeah. it's like right there i'll go a little nuts in there let's go nuts um, yeah let's go nuts there i mean you want to talk about shit to enhance your dreams I oh yeah all of it i'm listen i'm ready I'm ready to live in the dream world. I'm having a good time in the dream world, pal. 
Um, and it's also funny to go to the tea section and it's like smoker's lung, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then there's like five of them that it's like just for ED. Well, we want you to eat. We want you to eat your food. Um, no, not erectile dysfunction to be Oh, clear. oh, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. you meant an eating disorder. You mean penis is not hard. <laughs> penis, yes. Um, okay, this is from Eric. Hey guys, two questions. Number one, if you were remaking the Brady Bunch with wrestlers, who would you pick? And then the second question is, Pitar, are you going to Philly for Big Gay Brunch? That remains to be seen. Um, I don't know enough wrestlers to pick. I also don't know the Brady Bunch that well either. Okay, I do know the Brady Bunch, and okay. I can do this. This okay. is actually okay. really good. Um, okay, so Mr. Brady would be Matt Cardona. And okay. Mrs. Brainy would be Chelsea Green, not just because they're married in real life, but because it's just like a hilarious dynamic. And then you have uh, Marsha, Jan, and Cindy. So Cindy would be Allie, and then Marsha would be Dark Sheik, and Jan would be Masha Slamovich, just because I think it's hilarious. Or it's just like, I don't know. There's something about the mix here. And then for the boys, uh, you have Greg, and Greg would be Nick Gage. Because he's just like in charge and like kind of does his own thing, and then you have Peter, right? Yeah, Peter's the middle one. Peter Brady. Okay. Uh, that would be Joey Janela, and then Bobby Brady would be um, Jimmy Lloyd. What about Tom? What? Isn't Tom 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 Brady? Oh, Tom Brady's banned from the Big Gay Brunch. He was not present. But then you have Alice, who's the maid, right? And that would be PCP Crazy Manny from IWS, and he would be playing Alice the maid. Here's a story of a fucked up family. Why are they bleeding all over the fucking couch? I think Beautiful. it's good. Great. Let's. All right. This we is... could fill this in with a lot of different people, but that keeps it kind of GCW adjacent. $10 million to this. Give idea. me the money. Um, okay. Why was 69 afraid of 70? Why? Because they had a fight in 71. Because <laughs> it's 67. <laughs> um, hello okay last, hello this is the last one this is from danny uh as effie is playing super mario rpg what are your some of your favorite video games throughout the years um this is perfect because kojima just announced death stranding 2 and then like five other projects i told you the same thing i'm going to tell them death stranding and death stranding 2 look like great games to watch on twitch and not ever actually have to play on my yeah own. you described the play the gameplay of death stranding the first one and i went this sounds awful it made me quit video games yeah you haven't played video games really since you played a little tony hawk on the ps5 uh which i was proud of you for jumping back in uh, i have always loved mario games in my whole heart i am glad i get to replay a lot of them like mario sunshine and 64 on the switch uh they just added a bunch of in 64 games to uh the Nintendo Switch like online library. So like 1080 snowboarding's on there now. But they also have Banjo Kazooie, which rules. Ooh. And you can just play the whole thing. They have the Zelda games on there, which like Ocarina of Time and uh, Majora's Mask, I played those and loved them. I didn't like any of the new ones. I know this is a controversial take. I just don't give a fuck. And the second I died being too hot or too cold, I was like, I don't want real life here. That is my issue, is because it was it was simultaneous Red Dead Two and Death Stranding that just destroyed all of it. Because I was mending fences yeah. and going, what the fuck am I doing with myself I, right I now? I played a lot of Red Dead Two, and I didn't do a lot of fence mending. I'll tell you that. There, 
I think I skipped a lot of these boring parts and was yeah. just shooting people until it got bad. Yeah. And then I would turn the game off. Yeah. And I would turn it back on and shoot people till it got bad and then turn the game off. Yeah. And that's what I do with Grand Theft Auto as well. Can't wait for Grand Theft Auto Florida, where you have to be Ron DeSantis uh, with a tuck and a high heel. Right? Isn't that the plot? Yeah. Um, I'm a huge anything Kojima to me is brilliant. I played all the Metal Gear. I games. need to be in the right mood though. Like there's a yeah. particular strategizing that it takes from my brain. Yeah. And sometimes I just want to like be Mario and throw my hat at things and be silly. Mm-hmm. You know, I like playing the old Mario games too. Uh, Mario Kart I like a lot. I don't know. I'm a big Mario head, and Mario Supremacy. That's all I gotta say about that. Yeah. Mario Party. It's a party. Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. Fuck the Olympics. The Olympics are fucking evil. Evil ass organization. Hope you all go to hell. The bad one. Not the highway to hell one from ACDC. Hope you all go to the worst hell. Where where, where nobody has any treats. And you just are suffering. WeekendAtEffies.com. <laughs>